0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins.
1: All right, so before we get started, I want to apologize to anybody watching this on the uh, video, because when I wear a white hat, the lighting in this room, I'm pretty much transparent right now and translucent. So I, I apologize. It looks like there's just a, a headless person wearing a black hoodie right now on this podcast video. A lot of white on white. Casper, the friendly <laughs> podcast host. It is, it is out of control. Uh, this, of course, is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by betonline.ag. Fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. All right, Greg, of course, the scouting combine this week. And uh, you are traveling to Indy. Is it today or tomorrow you fly out? Tomorrow. Tomorrow morning I'm flying out. So tomorrow morning, Greg flies out to go check out uh, the scouting combine. And and the first question I have for you about the combine before we get into Belichick operating with agents and some of the particulars, just overall big picture, Greg, how did the Patriots approach this week as an organization?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we don't exactly know who's going to be there. Uh, It's quite possible that Belichick is not there. I doubt that I uh, normally he's there. Uh, there are a lot of coaches this year because uh, we still don't know how many of the top prospects are actually going to work out. Uh, we've already heard like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, uh, guys like that are not going to be there. Belichick is not scheduled to speak to the media, um, as everyone knows. Um, you know, once in a while he'll he'll decide to drop in, but right now he's not scheduled to talk um, either. These next two days in Indy. Uh, when general managers and head coaches are available. Um, you know, I, I, the, the Patriots will, you know, do their due diligence. They will, you know, have a box. They will, I'm sure Matt grow, the new director of player personnel. This is sort of his big, first big event, um, you know, with the, with the official title. So it, it's his show. Now Belichick relies a lot on those guys who have been studying these college players, uh, all year long, multiple years. And so you know it, it basically, Belichick is going to be free to do what he wants, talk to who he wants, watch who he wants, uh, while the rest of the staff does sort of the heavy lifting as far as this week goes.
1: Now, the perception of this event, and look, I think the scouting combine, the reputation of the combine isn't getting any better. You know, I I've seen this week that there are a a number of head coaches who are not even going to the event this year. Um, There's this idea. saw Mike Florio, write about players getting paid to go to the combine might eventually uh, come up and and this might become an issue, but we hear a lot about the back and forth between agents and personnel guys and coaches this week that, The trade stuff really starts this week. Those conversations, Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, with the Niners, those conversations will pick up. As far as Belichick and his interaction with agents, let's say J.C. Jackson's agent, how does he operate this week with those guys, Greg? Yeah, that's the most important part of this week, especially when it comes to
0: Patriots and Bill Belichick. So, you know... Like, we've heard a lot of talk in recent weeks about J.C. Jackson hasn't heard from the Patriots since the season about his contract. Well, I mean, there's no there's no need to, really. I mean, there's no deadline. Um, you know, so what will happen is Belichick will meet with a lot of the agents of his players. Um, they also represent other players. But the big thing is he he will most likely... Or someone from the Patriots, it could be Matt Patricia. Belichick's not there, whatever. They will meet with J.C. Jackson's representatives, and they will. I doubt that they would put a contract out, offer out there for him, but they will. They will discuss sort of, hey, what are you looking for? This is what we're willing to do. Uh, you know, what kind of market do you think you have? Even though they're going to tell the Patriots that they have a ton of interest from other teams. (laughs) But, you know, the big thing is, is like, you know, a a lot of us have discussed in recent weeks, what are the Patriots going to do with JC Jackson and the franchise tag? And the deadline is now Monday, right? Uh, It's Tuesday right now. It'll be Monday. So, you know, and I've talked about that I've gone between, I think they're going to tag and trade him. Um, To I think they're just going to let him hit the the market, establish his value, maybe sign him back, maybe not. But really, the fact of the matter is, I don't think Belichick has really formulated his plans on what he's going to do yet. He's going to use the scouting combine, and he talks to a bunch of his buddies around the league. He will gauge their opinion on what they're hearing as far as the cornerback market, uh, who might be interested in J.C. Jackson, are you hearing anything on this? Are you guys interested? And this is really, this is the week where Belichick sort of formulates his plans. He goes there, he gets intel on his own players, um, their market, also you know some of the free agents that he might be interested in, that sort of thing. This is really a fact-finding mission for Belichick. And then he determines what path he's going to go do. So a week ago, it might look like the Patriots – are not going to tag J.C. Jackson. They're going to let him go to market. If he leaves, he leaves. That could all change this week, depending on what Bill Belichick hears. If he hears some team is ready to make J.C. Jackson a Jalen Ramsey-like offer of $20 million a year, then Bill might say, well, I'm going to tag him, and I'm going to see if that team's interested in trading for him, or I'm just going to keep him at $17.3 million for the year. Because when you look at it and how – the cornerback market sort of settles after the after this year's free agency. Maybe seventeen point three for a starting caliber uh, cornerback is not a bad deal, at least for one year. So that's sort of how Belichick operates. This is the week where he formulates all of his plans and sort of has a better sense of direction as far as where he's going to go
1: in free agency, and and then the draft can wait till later. All right. So that's the most critical. Portion of this week and what Belichick's going to do. Uh, as far as the other stuff, I, I was just reading this morning about oh, Belichick, the Patriots—they're going to meet with Jameson Williams. They're going to meet with this guy. They're going to meet with that guy. Uh, Chris Olave, I think, is going to get a meeting. Everybody reports on these meetings. Um, do they mean anything in the big picture, Greg? Or is this kind of just speed dating for speed dating's sake? And, and you got to do what you got to do and, and dig in to some of these guys, but end of the day not a huge deal.
0: It's it's just checking the box, Nick. And and what people have to understand as far as how the media works. And I don't hate these guys cuz we we all have jobs to do. And the job that we do at BSJ like we don't report on every single little nugget because we don't we don't work on clicks. We work on the memberships and the people that support us. That's that was the whole point of BSJ where we're not beholden, you know, and trust me, I've seen it before. Like, remember that story that we did when uh when I published the photos from Adam Rieshan's about uh how uh Bill Belichick grabbed Mac Jones by the wrist and let him yep. off the field. Yep. That story got an absurd amount of clicks. Like <laughs> I mean, for days, you know, and that comes from national Alabama people, like that story made BSJ a lot of money. Um but that's not, that's not what we do. I mean, there are certain, there, there are a lot of sites who don't have subscriptions and memberships that that's what they rely on advertising dollars that for every click you get so much money. So they are trying to get, they're trying to publish as many stories as possible that get as many clicks as possible. That's their business model. I I don't hate them on it. I I don't, I don't love that. That's the direction the, 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 system is gone, but that's just the way it is. And you know, your alternative is to sell subscriptions like we do. And so that we, we stay focused on what's really important. So, you know, this time of year, like if you publish a story that says the, the the Patriots have talked to the three top wide receiver prospects at the scouting combine, then people are going to click on that, even though it doesn't mean anything. And what, let me explain that how it doesn't really mean anything. Number one, um, this is the first opportunity, especially given the COVID situation that the Patriots will have to talk to underclassmen. Okay. Now all the top seniors, they've been at the senior bowl. They've been at the East West shrine game. They've been at the, you know, other all-star games. So the Patriots have been able to talk to all the seniors, right? They have not had any face-to-face contact with any of the underclassmen. And so there are, there are a few options. Talk to them at the combine. You can talk to them at their pro day, and you can get them on Facetime as in the run up to the draft. And the Patriots will probably do that, um, you know, multiple times with multiple players. But this is the first time that the Patriots have an opportunity to talk to the underclassmen. So who are they talking to? According to Armando Salguero of Outkick.com, uh, Chris Chris Olave, Arkansas's Traylon Burks, and Alabama's Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, of course, is coming off the ACL. Um, that's going to be a big thing And talking to him. But those are all underclassmen, and, and this is the first opportunity that the Patriots can get intel. So that's what it's really about, that they need to, as opposed to the seniors who they've talked to, they have a bunch of information on, the underclassmen from the scouting combine through the draft are really going to be the emphasis as far as the Patriots just getting background information, and that's what it's about. It's not an indication of, of their interest, and also that they're starting with wide receivers. The first groups coming through the, the, the through Indianapolis are the quarterbacks, the receivers, and the tight ends. They have a quarterback. They sign two tight ends. They have Devin Asiasi. They need to do some work on wide receivers. So that it's the wide receivers first is no indication of anything. They're just in the first group that comes through
1: Indianapolis it's the due diligence pretty much on these guys that they want to make sure nothing uh, slips by them. They want to make sure that everything is on their radar. As you said, the Jameson Williams ACL tier, you know, how's he feeling what he thinks that process is going to feel like and look like all of that is just checking the box and making sure that you have as much information as possible on any of these guys, because even if you don't draft them and we, we talk about this all the time, Greg, even if you don't draft a guy, you still might have some interest in him down the road. And so, yeah, go Mm -hmm. back to everything that you've done. And that's it goes to the combine. It goes to the joint practices. It goes to preseason games, everything, every little morsel of information that an NFL team can gather on a guy is what they want to gather. And so,
0: yeah, that's a good point by you. And just just to let people know about like, you know, you're absolutely right about that. Like the Patriots. Even if they don't quote unquote have interest in a player now, they will grade and evaluate every single player in this draft. So that say somebody comes available, say they don't, they're, it's not working on their team, and we've seen it before. The Patriots trade for players. Um, you know whether it's like say Martellus Bennett, like wh- when it goes to evaluating whether they want to trade for a player, or maybe there's a free, maybe becomes a free agent, or sign them in restricted free agency. The Patriots always start at what was our college evaluation with him? Did we like him? What did we not like? What have we Then then it moves on to the pro film. But really everything starts with the grade and the evaluation that they gave these guys coming out in the draft. And that gives the Patriots a baseline for their evaluation on all these guys.
1: All right, we have a hell of a lot more to talk about, but first Greg wants to talk about betonline.ag, the fastest easiest way to bet. All of your favorite sports, and I'll I'll preemptively strike here and remind everybody that there's a nice fight this weekend. Kobe Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. You might want to get in on that. Masvidal. Yeah, Masvidal. These guys hate each other. Uh, Used to be best friends, so it's it's one of those uh, intense fights. It should be fun. But, Greg, tell the fine people about betonline.ag.
0: Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. By the way, I will be in attendance. At Assembly Hall tomorrow night to watch my Scarlet Knights. Are they going to make it? it? This is a big one. They got to yeah. win these last two games. They win yep. at Indiana and home against Penn State. They should be in as long as they don't spit the bit in the Big Ten tournament. But I will be at Assembly Hall for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. And it's not just basketball. Online's is your source for hockey, boxing, the big UFC fight. Is that what it is? UFC nope. or MMA?
1: UFC. Both. The UFC yeah. is MMA.
0: Okay. <laughs> right to the Olympic, Olympic coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports
1: and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. How about the Bruins last night? Seven zipo, Jake DeBrusque to hat. trick hey, not too bad. By the way, uh, we all know that Greg is really going to Indy, not because of the combine, but because of Rutgers basketball. And I would also like to add. That uh yes, I went to the University of Rhode Island i'm a graduate from URI, but I also grew up watching Providence College and so I want to give yeah. a congratulations to p c and Ed Cooley uh, for what they accomplished over the weekend. I watched that game against Creighton uh the first time in in you know program history to win the Big East regular season championship i've been watching them since I was like you know all of four years old, so congrats to those guys. fantastic to watch uh let's jump back into the football. Mike Reese, I know he just kind of touched on J.C. Jackson a little bit, but Reese ranked the Patriots odds of tagging Jackson as low. Uh, If you were a betting man, Greg, where do you think this ends? Do do you think Reese is onto something and and you find it somewhat hard to believe that the tag is what they do? (coughs) I don't mean to choke you up. Jeez. Yeah. Um,
0: So, yeah, I mean, look – Everybody who reads BSJ and listens to this podcast knows I've kind of, um, you know, I've been breaking this down and, and I've been tagging trade um, for a long while. I do, as of this moment before the scouting combine, I came down to, after I talked to, um, you know, an NFL personnel executive, a couple of them, and sort of talked to them about JC Jackson, what the Patriots might do. And You know, the consensus that I got from these two guys and they could be the outliers. They could be, you know, the rest of the league could think J.C. Jackson is an all pro shutdown guy. I don't know. But these both of these personnel executives told me that they view J.C. Jackson as a good, solid starter, but nothing more. That he's not a top five cornerback and they have no interest in paying him there. Um, You know, that being said. He's really the only really good guy available on the free agent market. So that's going to, that should help him. Uh, But I think that, I think this is like we said before, I think this is a big week as far as Intel. I'll be asking teams and my sources when I finally see them in person, because there was no combine last, last year. Um, So this is sort of getting back to the natural order of things. Uh, I'll be able to, you know, talk to some people this week and get a better gauge. And, and I'm sure it'll start to leak out. I bet we hear something about, you know, this team's going to make a run at JC Jackson and things like that. As of right now, I agree with Mike. I think that the Patriots don't tag him and they let him go, but you never know what Bill's going to hear this week. And you also don't know how Bill's going to react. He could pick up a a morsel at the franchise tag deadline where it sounds like he, he gets intel that a team's going to make a major move for JC Jackson, Sort of like he's done this before, and I know Joe Tooney was one. That was a surprise. Joe Tooney all of a sudden at the last minute, and it was related to Tom Brady uh, saying, I'm leaving, and the the Patriots deciding to use that cap space on Joe Tooney. But all of a sudden at the last minute, the Patriots tagged Joe Joe Tooney, and we've been over it. The Patriots ended up wasting $13 million and blowing a third-round pick by tagging him that year. And uh, we've seen it before that I can't, it's escaping my mind, but there was another time where Belichick tagged somebody at the last minute. Uh, So as of right now, I agree with Mike, but I, again, and I have already, I've already sort of swung one way to the other on this. I reserve the right to change my mind again this week after, after I also hear some Intel, but as of right now, I'm saying, No tag, and they let him go. But I'm starting to inch, Nick, I'm starting to inch towards tag him. And if somebody was really dead set on J.C. Jackson, hey, let's come to some sort of trade agreement. You can get him whatever contract you were going to offer him.
1: And, of course, the tag would be about $17 million for those who uh, might not know or, or might not remember. One more thing from Reese this week that I wanted to ask you about as far as what you're hearing. Uh, He reports that there's no bad blood between McDaniels and Belichick. And and there was some question whether or not Belichick would have a hair across his tuchus with McDaniels taking some of the assistant coaches off of the staff. Reese says, no, there's no bad blood. Do you hear the same thing? No bad blood between McDaniels and Belichick?
0: That's, That's what I have heard as well. And actually, I heard Josh McDaniels did an interview recently with I want to say it was either Jim Rome or the Dan Patrick show somebody and McDaniels made some sort of reference to that. Like he didn't come out and quite say it, but the the phrasing that he used led me to believe that, uh, that he, he basically said that he did things the right way in terms of how he's done this and gone about and gone about filling his staff and that, um, that there weren't any ruffled feathers with the Patriots. And I also think that, you know, having Matt Patricia and having Joe Judge available, um, you know, makes it a little bit easier on Belichick in his mind. Now, whether that ultimately works out for the Patriots and Mac Jones, we'll have to see about that.
1: Yeah, I'm not thrilled about that offensive staff right now. Not thrilled at all. Um, Let's talk about somebody who you know, might, might be sneaking under the radar for some people. And that's Nick Folk. He's a free agent. And, you know, of course, he's up there in age, but he's been incredibly consistent for the Patriots. What do you think the Patriots do? Uh, again, it's it's kicker. It's like one of those things that people might toss aside. But when you have a young quarterback, when you have kind of an unknown offensive staff, I think you're going to play a number of close games, which really means the kicker is is a critical piece of your team. Do you think they bring Folk back? Do you think they bring competition in? What What do you think they do with him?
0: I think um, Nick that they've gotten to a very comfortable place with Nick Folk in terms of um, as far as what they're going to do, how they operate with the contract. Like if you remember, a year ago, and part of this had to do with injury. But you know, for a long time, Nick Folk wasn't even on the roster, and I think I don't even know if he was on the roster to start training camp. And remember, he didn't make the team. Initially, and everybody was just like, Whoa, yeah. "What? You know, Quinn Nordeen's going to be the kicker. He's a rookie. He was awesome." And I was, and I kept telling people, "I'm like, Nick Folk's going to be a starting kicker week one," and that ended up happening. I think, I think Nick really likes it here. I think they basically have an agreement. Like, look, Nick, we want you back at least for a camp competition with Quinn Nordine. Uh, we don't know whether he's going to be ready or not, but um, you know, we really value you. If somebody comes after you and gives you an offer, let us know, uh, give us an opportunity to match or to consider it. And, you know, then we'll make a decision, but you know, we, you know, we're really comfortable with you. We're really happy with you. Um, you know, I, I think that's sort of the way they're going to operate right now, because you also have to remember if the Patriots decide to, to tag JC Jackson, and this is even before, they sign anybody else or re-sign any of their free agents. They're going to have to create cap space. I mean, if they tag JC Jackson, they're going to have to uh, create the cap space like in the next week. Now there are easy ways to do that, but if you don't need to do it, if you don't need to give Matthew Judon a bunch of money up front to spread out his cap hits and reduce his cap number, uh, then you don't want to have to do it. So all of these things uh, come into consideration.
1: I'm so glad you just brought that up. And that's why I asked about Folk first, because I wanted to follow that up with some of these decisions. And And we don't have to get into great detail if you don't want to. We can probably do this uh, in another pod. But, yep. you know, the next phase of the offseason is figuring out the cap, doing some cleanup things. Just some names, Greg, that you you believe might, over the next few days, be wondering if their phone is going to ring about, oh, you just got cut, or the Patriots would like to rework your deal. Just a couple of names.
0: From me? <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to give me a couple.
1: No, no, just a couple names on this roster that you think could be vulnerable to being cut or having their contract re- reworked.
0: Uh, well, I think that you know the first one you look at is um you know Kyle Van Noy yeah uh that you know look i love i think Kyle Van Noy is you know a good player um i think that uh you know he saves you a couple million dollars against the cap i i don't think that his cap number is 7 7.4 million dollars for next year is that really something you want to see on your books with and we talked about this last year, Nick, that, you know, we were asking the question coming out of training camp. All right. Well, where, where is Kyle Van Noy going to play? Right. Um, you know, if you have Matthew Judon on one edge and you're doing things on the other edge and, you know, he's not really a linebacker and, you know, that ended up being the case. There were a lot of times so he's, he's a good guy to have around as a Mr. Fix-It. He can, he can get you straight at linebacker. He can get you straight on the edge and, and, you know, give you good, you know, minutes and, and play the run. Well, but is that worth you know more than 3 or 4 million dollars per year you know i have my doubts about that matthew judon is a guy that if you're looking to restructure you know you basically give it, give the base salary or um, you know you give it to him basically most of it and he's supposed to make 11 million dollars you give that to him say 10 million of it in a in a signing bonus you yep. can prorate it over the length of his contract And so all of a sudden his cap number goes down to say like, you know, $10 million or less than that. So you can pick up money there. I don't know if I'm crazy about that, Nick, considering the way he finished the year. How can you be sure like, okay, well, we're just going to get in more cap jail with his contract after what we saw in the last five or six games. Hunter Henry is a guy I would do it with. The You know, yes, injuries are always going to be an issue with him. And you think, all right, well, he was healthy last year chances of him being healthy this year, given his career are not good. So, you know, I don't feel great about, you know, doing too much to his contract, but look, he's a valuable guy. There's no reason he's not going to be valuable going forward. Even if you get half a season from him, he's valuable in the red zone. Mac Jones loves them, blah, blah, blah. Johnny Smith. I don't know. That's, you know, that's, that is a tough one to sort of gauge. He was the guy that really they went after. It was, it was Aguilar and johnu smith that they went after first in in free agency um if you the best option as far as the cap for him is you you trade him after june 1st and basically it comes to sort of a salary cap net uh you you know you can get rid of him it's funny overthecap.com has his valuation at 3 million dollars after oh. this season and oh. he's supposed to make uh, his cap number is nearly fourteen million dollars oh, going forward the next three years. So he was so disappointed that, him this year. I know, and and we've sort of talked about it, but people are just like, you know, once they get through the season, they're like, oh well, and they'll use Josh McDaniels' quotes against him. Where Josh McDaniels says, "I need to find a way to get get it, get the ball into his hands," and blah blah blah. Josh McDaniels is just saying that. If you believe that, that, that that's actually what Josh McDaniels believes. You're completely nuts. It had, His struggles had nothing to do with how he was utilized. It had to do with his blocking, his, which his run steps led the team, his drops led the team, um, you know, that he'd stop his feet every time the ball was thrown to him and didn't get much yak. Um, so, you know, th- those are a couple of the guys, you know, and Nelson Angelor depending on what they want to do at receiver, do they think they need to upgrade there? He's a the guy that could move. God Chow, everybody knows how I feel about him. I did not think that he earned his money this year. That's a guy that I would be looking at uh, to possibly move on from. And But they might wait see, hey, what do we do in the draft? Do they get Jordan Davis from Georgia in the first round? And then they say, we don't need God Chow anymore. We can trade him. So there's a lot of stuff that most of this, the the team that the Patriots have, most of them are going to go to training camp or at least to offseason workouts. And then they sort of gaze from there what they want to do.
1: All right, let's get to the uh, BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Check them out at BSJ. thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. Not only do you get top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports, but if you're a Patriots junkie, and of course you are, a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis, Bedard does on the coach's film, and direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, what do you got for us this week?
0: So this is sort of an offshoot of something I wrote in my Sunday column where in, in the nickel package, I – I talked about I, – I basically was like uh, – I was giving praise to Troy Aikman for him moving on and getting a bunch of money, and I contrasted that to Tony Romo. Um, you know, I, I just – basically what I said was uh, – let me just check what I said. I said, uh, good for Troy Aikman. If he is indeed moving on to Monday Night Football at a reported $17.5 million annually, if Tony Romo – is getting 18 million and he's basically been going through the motions since he got the extension. Then Eggman who has worked at this for years and knows what he's talking about should definitely be in the same ballpark. And Scott Cohen said, why have you been down on Romo down so much on Romo recently? Second time you've mentioned him mailing it in. I don't get it. Look, I, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of games with the announcers, but I watch, you know, some of the big games. And so I hear a lot of Aikman and, you know, the postseason and things like that. And I'm sorry, Tony Romo, his first season compared to now it's night and day. You can, to me, he sounds like he doesn't study anymore, that he doesn't put the work in, you know, yes, he'll do his quarterback thing about like, I think they're going to do this. I think they're going to do that. But you can tell, he doesn't really study up on these teams and and the things that, that didn't used to be the case his first season when he was actually trying to be good at it and get a big contract. To me, ever since he got the big contract, he's just mailed it in that he, he is not the same guy. Whereas Troy Aikman, I think has always put the work in his observations have always been on point, or at least they're based in, you know, film study. If he, and he has strong comments, Romo, just sort of you know, says gets all excited. Oh, hey, Jim, here's a big play and things like <laughs> that, where Aikman will tell you the truth about like this guy's not playing well or this guy is. So um, that that is why I've been down on Romo. I just don't think he's nearly as good as he can be or should be. Whereas Troy Aikens has been working at this a long time and is at on top of his game right now.
1: All I'll say is this, like if you can get that money, good for you. Uh, if you're getting, you know, 17, 18 million a year to call games, I mean, that's just truly tremendous money. I don't get it from the network side. As a mm-hmm. fan, I never say to myself, oh, I've got to turn this CBS game on because Tony Romo's doing it. I mean, I just, I don't think anybody watches the games because of the color commentator. Of course, they add to it and they have an important job, but I just paying $18 million a year for somebody. Uh, to tell us a lot of stuff that we mostly already know. Um, I, I just, it, I think it's uh, a waste of money uh, for for some of these networks. But hey, again, I'm not going to hate on uh, Aikman. I'm not going to hate on Romo. Get the money when you can get the money. And I would also say, you know, for ESPN, even though I would disagree with paying anybody 17, 18 million a year to do what they do. Uh, I would say Aikman is a fantastic get for ESPN. They have they have tried that Monday Night Football thing. Uh, I thought, personally, John Gruden was incredibly annoying. Um, I, I think Aikman is going to be fantastic for them. And I think Aikman is going to be fantastic on the other shows, which nobody's really talking about. Everybody's talking about Monday Night Football, but I can guarantee you Aikman will be looped into some of this other ESPN coverage. And I think he'll be fantastic when he's in the studio. I think he'll be fantastic when he's you know, doing those, those sports center hits with Scott Van Pelt after Monday night football, I I think he is going to be a great asset for them. And, and if you're ESPN, that's where the money comes in. If you're going to pay him, you know, 17 and a half million, it's not just Monday night football. Again, I have to imagine he'll do some other things as well, and they will utilize him to his fullest extent, but it'll be interesting. Sean Payton meeting with Amazon. We had a story last week, Sean McVay was offered a hundred million dollars to uh, leave the rams and work for amazon there's stories out there about brady and how networks are willing to pay him 25 million a year to uh get in the booth or you know some kind of booth studio combination role Mm -hmm. so the money is uh the money is gigantic right now well greg is going to be traveling out to indy for the scouting combine this week and of course to catch some Rutgers basketball safe travels greg we hope you do well out there thanks buddy is the uh, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Everyone have a great rest of your week. Be safe, be good, be healthy, and we'll catch up next week. And uh, I'm sure Bedard will have all sorts of notes from the combine, and we'll talk about more than that. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun. Until then, everybody be good.